This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hey guys, okay, so welcome back to the Blair White Project. You guys seem to really enjoy me doing the solo episode I did last week, so I figured, why not do another one? It definitely beats um, paying to fly a guest out and it's more fun anyways, because I get to just chill with you guys. So we're gonna be reacting to a bunch of different articles today, just the news. There's so much that people want me to address, um, some of it with uh, my friends and some of it with just the world. So we're just gonna, we're gonna start addressing, but we're gonna do it all in order. So first off, transgender women must sign up for military draft under the Biden under Biden administration, trans men get a pass. Very interesting tea. So first of all, fuck y'all who advocate for equality at all costs because now my ass has to get drafted. And do you think, is there anyone who thinks I'm fit to go to war? Well, actually flashback to the video where I'm showing off my 10 guns, including um, my flamethrower. But you know what? That didn't mean anything. I do that because it's cute. I don't actually want to go to war. I'm not even that great of a shot. Please don't draft me. Um, we can officially go back to trans women or women. I'm okay with it now because I don't want to go to war. Uh, no, but you guys, the reason this is so interesting to me is because you have the Biden administration that has previously set precedent that they treat trans women as women under all circumstances, whether it's sports, whether it's inclusion in all these different areas of women's homeless shelters, it's like always, you know, they stick to the mantra, trans women are women. Interestingly, that's not the case when they need bodies to go and die for them. Anyone's fit, apparently, to go die for them. And you know what? It's definitely, I think because I'm on estrogen, I can't actually be drafted. I just realized that. I think because if you're on actual hormone replacement therapy, you can't get drafted, which makes this whole story more interesting because then it's kind of like real trans people probably aren't gonna get drafted. Like if you're on hormones and you're transitioning, I think you're fine. So this literally is only going to affect people who claim female, but like are just met, you know what I mean? So I think it's fine actually. I love how I'm working through this because this is helping. So it says US citizens or immigrants who are born male and change their gender to female are still required to register. Individuals who are born female but identify as male do not need to register for the military draft per the government. So that means trans men, you're good because the Biden administration thinks you're all women. It's, it's listen, you can't escape biology. In an actual crisis scenario, I'm sure that trans women would just classify as men and have to go fight. And if that's how it has to go down, that's how, how it has to go down. You know, it really sucks. I will say the one thing that trans activists kind of are correct about is like how much of a hassle it is to change your um, name and birthmark, birth marker, sex marker. Um, 
I still have so many issues. I did it like seven years ago and granted, it probably should have some hoops to go through, but I've had so many crazy complications with my changes, like legally on documents. Like I still get bills in my old name and then I've had like student loans that like didn't cross over even though I literally tried to make them cross over. Um, stuff still shows up with my social security incorrectly. Like it's a whole thing. If they could figure it out, like, can we please figure that out? Um, interestingly, I wonder if this is going to apply to all the trans kids that are transitioning that Biden is pushing for, I don't know. So here is the next one. And this is sort of the granddaddy of the video. This will probably be the title and thumbnail of the video. Or maybe not actually, we'll see. Alex Jones ordered to pay 965 million, AKA a billion, that's a billion, uh, for a Sandy Hook lies. So I have to say first, it is pretty fucking crazy to even know anyone who needs to pay a billion dollars for anything. I don't think Alex has it. In fact, I'm certain Alex doesn't have it. Um, there's so much to unpack with this. First of all, just to address people who like try to shame me for ever associating with Alex Jones, ever having you on the show, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I don't know how much you know about me, but shaming tactics like literally just don't work because um, I'm shameless. Uh, no, but because I, d I don't give into, you know, um, guilt by association, you know, as far as I'm concerned, it's like Alex Jones did something wrong. Alex Jones spread false information about a really tragic event and about people who were private citizens. That's key, by the way. I think they're saying this is the biggest settlement in um, libel history or you know whatever the, the legal term for this is. Um, and I believe it, I mean, a billion dollars. And we'll get into the actual amount, which I think is like just so insane. But just the fact that, you know, Alex did do something wrong here. And there's no getting around that. Alex himself says that, you know, he was on this very couch that you can't see, it's not in frame, but in this very studio saying that, right? Um, I also think he has a point when he says, I didn't kill the kids. It's like, how much are the police who failed to protect the kids? How much did they get sued for? What was the settlement there? Because if there was a settlement, I guarantee you it wasn't a billion dollars. And to me, the people who failed to protect the actual physical safety of the kids, is gonna be more at fault than someone who, has a show where he speculated something that was proven to be false. And he did make declarative statements as well. He made some, you know, just flat out direct, like false statements. And that's why he has to pay up. But I guess, and I tweeted this, I said, I would be a lot more understanding of why Alex Jones needs to pay a billion dollars if I didn't watch the corporate press do the exact same thing every single day with zero consequences. Cause that's the truth, right? Look at Nick Sandman, look at, uh, what was his name? Kyle Rittenhouse, look at the fact that the public was sold that WMDs in Iraq were a thing. How many people died over that? And are these people, are these publications paying up? Of course not, because there's a slant on consequences in this country. And clearly the same way that, you know, Alex was one of the first to be banned off social media entirely, and he was a guinea pig in that sense. I think there is a really scary precedent being set here as well, um, that you can, have to pay a billion dollars for just being wrong about something. You can be wrong about things. That's part of doing what Alex does, what I do, what everyone does, what CNN does, what Fox News does, what MSNBC does. You have to have that freedom to just be wrong, you know? Um, and that's really scary that that he's paying a billion dollars. No matter how much you hate Alex Jones, 
for which everyone's free to hate him. I know he's controversial, whatever. How does a billion dollars seem appropriate? Like a billion dollars is crazy and he doesn't have it. So it's clearly, you know, some show ponying going on just with the trial itself. And, you know, there was issues with the trial and the fact that he wasn't able to, I believe it's called discovery, the part of the investigation and the trial where you're forking over evidence to support your case. And um, Alex made a point, I think he said it, he said it either to me in private or here on the couch, but this isn't bad, so it doesn't matter, I can say it, um, that he was unable to provide so many receipts for the discovery you know, portion of the trial because when he was censored online and banned off YouTube and all these other platforms, his entire history was banned with it. Like Google took down every video of Infowars and Alex Jones that he ever did. And it was on those episodes that were living on those platforms that he made the claims that just got him sued for a billion dollars. So I'm not saying he couldn't win, but like literally he couldn't win, <laughs> you know? Uh, I, I, I don't know. I don't think Alex is going anywhere. I think that for better or for worse, Alex has a cult following and Alex has some crazy shit on his show, right? Don't think that because he was on my shit that I'm sitting here taking seriously everything Alex Jones says. Quite the opposite, actually. I was watching a clip yesterday and he was just saying some shit it was the day he was ordered to pay the billions. I think he was just spiraling. And he was saying like something about how he's witnessed like alien, like I was just like, oh, he's going through it. So not everything Alex says is gold. In fact, far from it. Um, but a billion dollars is like, he's clearly being made an example out of. And no, I don't feel bad by the way for associating with him. I never directly said that. I don't feel bad for associating with Alex Jones. The very interesting thing about meeting people like this in real life is that they can often be very lovely and very nice and very seemingly like honest people in real life, right? And so I just don't judge people based on what things are said about them. Like my best friend, JC Monduix, he was on Big Brother and I get so many messages all the time. Like, why are you associating with this person who was on this reality show and he did this and he did that? I don't give a fuck. I'm about who you are to me in real life. And that doesn't mean I stand by everything you do in your career or in your public life, but I'm just someone who's quite aware that there's a difference between public and private life. As someone who's very public myself, clearly not on the scale of Alex Jones, but still there is, you know, a difference. And, uh, you know, I don't think Alex is going anywhere. I think that it just kind of is what it is. He's not paying up a billion. So um, we'll still be hearing about Alex Jones. Please believe that. All right, Pfizer exec concedes COVID-19 vaccine was not tested on preventing transmission before release. Um, do we have like three hours for this rant? Because I think I could rant about this for three motherfucking hours. The entire, hold on. Let me just, the entire basis for which people were worse than peer pressure, peer pressure isn't the word, right? Like blackmailed into getting the vaccine so lest they lose their ability to go to work, so lest they lose their ability to go to restaurants, to participate in life, sporting events, anything outside of leaving their own home. The entire basis was that it's based on transmission, that you get this and it's not just about you because you can, you can give it to someone else, right? That was the entire logic. And so for it to now be coming out, and there was a video of this on Twitter as well, um, of the Pfizer exact straight up saying that they didn't test about transmission. It is just a really scary insight into what 
the hive mind can do, right? It's a very scary insight into the fact that people can just leap onto something, have no information for it, and everyone just falls in line no matter what the consequences are. You know, I'm someone who doesn't judge whether or not you got the vaccine. I only judge whether you are someone who judges other people for not getting or getting it, right? If you're someone who thinks that someone else should do what you did, I don't believe in that. I believe in having my own freedom over my body, what goes in or out of my body or out. I don't know about or out. That's a little bit of a weird thing. Anyways, the fact is, I don't know if people are gonna be apologizing or expressing the knowledge that they were duped and that they turned on their fellow man for this. And you know, it's like home families were split up, friendships were broken. Like this huge divide between the vaccinated and the unvaccinated was made. And we were like segregating society based on that status. And yet they never even tested about transmission. And if it's not about transmission, it literally only affects you. So how dare you give anyone else a hard time about getting it or not getting it, right? It's just really, it's it. this is like the kind of thing that keeps me up at night. So a Pfizer executive said Monday that neither she nor other Pfizer officials knew whether it's COVID back whether it's COVID-19 vaccine would stop transmission before entering the market last year. Well, then what the fuck? What, what were the mandates for? What was the bullying for? What was the stigma against people who did or didn't get it for? Was it all for nothing? Because I would like to think, oh my God, this drives me insane. Pfizer's Janine Small, president of International Developed Market said in response, did we know about stopping immunization before it entered the market? No, we really had to move at the speed of science. At the speed of science to really understand what is taking place in the market. Girl, what the fuck is the speed of science? It was rushed out. And guess what? That was a huge reason why people didn't take it because they didn't trust them that was rushed out. And here you have the actual people from the company saying, yes, it was rushed. Yes, we didn't know. What else could they have not known? Like if they didn't know about the transmission, what else could they have not known? Like maybe the risks, like maybe the side effects, like maybe the actual benefit overall. If they didn't know about that very basic aspect of it, one of the most important aspects and the aspect that they used to construct the entire narrative, then what the fuck else didn't they know? Only time will tell. This is one of those issues that I feel like 20 years from now, 30 years from now, maybe even sooner, hopefully sooner, people are gonna look back at and be like, what the fuck was that? What the fuck was that? Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Was it never a warning how like corporate and rushed and capitalistic the entire vaccine process was that you got it at like Rite Aid and you got it at like Walgreens and you got it at like HEB instead of like a doctor's office, by the way. That was some shit that I thought about when it happened. I don't know who else thought like that. So Roos, um, 
this is someone on Twitter who said, millions of people worldwide felt forced to get vaccinated because of the myth that you do it for others. Exactly. Why else would anyone who's not obese or 90 years old feel that immense pressure to get it? Because it's about other people. I was never in a, in, in a, a, you know, a risk group for COVID, so I wasn't worried about it. But if I ever would have considered taking it, for which eh, I briefly considered and then I moved on, if I ever would have briefly considered it, it would have been solely on, I don't wanna give it to someone else, right? So just the fact that people's humanity was taken advantage of in this way, it, it, it's very morbid to me and it, it really fucks with me. All right, this one's gonna be a doozy. Insider reports, which by the way, fuck Insider. Insider is Hit Piece Central. That's all they do is hit pieces on people. Like they literally have these disgusting lived out reporters that work for them. Some of the most disgusting people, if you look at their Twitter accounts and their entire like life is based on like fucking doing hit pieces on like public figures who didn't do anything wrong. Anyways, but never the ones who actually do anything wrong. Anyways, Banking giant J.P. Morgan Chase cuts ties with Kanye West after a series of recent controversies, conservative commentator Candace Owens, hey girl, says. Uh, so this is a big one. So Kanye West got his bank account canceled by J.P. Morgan, which first of all, they didn't cancel Jeffrey Epstein's. And I just tweeted about that. They didn't cancel Jeffrey Epstein's. In fact, there's literally articles with people within the company defending why they kept Jeffrey Epstein's bank account open and available for use. How much of that money did he spend on trafficking the girls he trafficked? Seems to me that if JP Morgan would have closed that account, maybe he wouldn't have access to those funds specifically to traffic women. I'm sure he had a million accounts, but you know what I'm saying, right? Like the money in the JP Morgan bank account was used to traffic underage girls and they didn't have a fucking issue with it, at least not enough to cancel it, right? But Kanye, there's so many parts about the Kanye story we have to go over. First of all, the tweets, the waking up and going DEFCON on Jewish people thing from Kanye West, that shit was disgusting. That shit made me sick. I literally, you know what's so funny about that? I was literally out with some Jewish friends <laughs> when those tweets came out. And there was this overwhelming sense from my friends of like, here we go. Cause they're just so used to like anti-Semitic shit being said by celebrities and never having any, you know, consequences. And I was literally thinking the other day that anti-Semitism is one of those things that unites both the left and the right. It exists on both. You go far enough on the right, it's there. You go far enough on the left, it's there. Unlike other forms of hatred that seem to be exclusive to one or the other, that's one that like nothing brings people together like anti-Semitism. So by no means should anyone misconstrue what I'm saying to say that his comments were okay because I wanted to throw the fuck up when I saw that those tweets. However, I'm just not one of these people that thinks that words equates to actions. And if JP Morgan wasn't willing to cut the bank account of someone's actions, like Jeffrey Epstein trafficking underage girls, I don't understand why they're doing that to someone over words. Words that I don't condone, words that I fucking hate, but words. I think this is another one of those things that because it's happening to the correct person, everyone can say like, oh, well, it's Kanye West, so so whatever. He's making fucked up comments, he deserves it. Okay, so what happens when the definition of fucked up words or phrases you can't say changes even more? It changes all the time, right? It could literally be you tomorrow, the JP Morgan or Bank of America, whoever the fuck you use is like, mm, actually, we don't like that this person made fun of furries, so they have to have their bank account shut. Shout out to furries. I just put a main channel video up um, reacting to furries TikTok. And that was a lot. But you understand what I'm saying, right? 
the slippery slope of like words can get you stripped of your ability to access your funds and your money clearly has disastrous communistic consequences that anyone with common sense could see, right? Right? Anyone with common sense could see that? Okay. <sighs> it, it's it's just terrifying because it's not as if Kanye is the first, actually. I've seen people like, you know, PayPal recently got basically canceled and a bunch of stocks, you know, lowered for them because they had a policy stating that, you know, matter of fact, can we put that article up on the screen as well? Um, an article stating that they were gonna be uh, finding people, I think it was $2,500 for spreading misinformation. It was in their guidelines. And they woke up to so much backlash over that, they actually reversed it and tried to walk it back and say, that was an accident. How do you accidentally put that in your terms of service? By the way, I can only assume the amount of people that oversee terms of service updates before they are put out into the world is probably insane, right? Like, I can only assume a bunch of people saw that and signed off on it. So frankly, I don't wanna live in a world where people are saying fucked up shit like Kanye West, but I also don't wanna live in a world where people are removed from their access to their money for saying fucked up shit. Because the whole fucked up shit category is highly subjective. Just saying, like Gays Against Groomers got their PayPal deactivated. I'm pretty sure, correct me if I'm wrong, I'm sorry if I'm wrong, but I know that they had some incident with PayPal fucking with them over, yeah, yeah, they closed their PayPal account. Actually, I remember, I'm remembering correctly. They closed their PayPal account for spreading hatred against trans people. Meanwhile, they have trans people that are part of the coalition. Hi, I'm one of them. And nothing that they say, it's like, and they have, and PayPal also has pro pedo groups that have PayPal accounts open with them. So clearly this is all subjective. Clearly it's political. And I do not like the fact that Kanye had his bank account taken down. This is really, really scary. Um, and then to address the like white lives matter stuff, um, I think it says more that people are like freaked out over the fact that, they, that his shirt said that than even his shirt says. I think the art of the reaction and the art of the like cultural commentary here is in the fact that people were so disgusted by it, right? And it is what it is. I guess here, to be fair, it says that um, JP Morgan is saying that there's no official reason given for West's um, banking out being removed, but the fact that it's coming directly after the anti-Semitic comments, I'm sure it has something to do with that. And and granted, I, I actually don't think that he should be free of consequences for saying these things. I think that it's really disgusting what he said. So however he needs to get fucked up for saying that, fuck him up, but not giving someone their money that they have sitting in their bank account over words, Let's maybe not go that far. Let's please maybe just not go that far. A lot of people, by the way, this is probably a good segue to talk about this. A lot of people, it's so interesting. Like, I feel like the Candace Owens, Blair White debate was one of those things that, first of all, it happened so long ago. I believe it was, it was 2017. So like five years. Wow, that's crazy. Um, it's one of those weird staples in my career that I feel like, if you know, you know, and if you don't know, you don't have to know, you know what I mean? It's like just such a train wreck that like, I literally get people that come up to me on the street and be like, I remember your, your Candace thing, or how do you feel about the can? I'm like, my God, what a shit show. Um, I thought those are round two coming in the future, right? I just feel like it's not over. It has that energy of like, how could it be over? We're kind of like mortal enemies, you know what I mean? So 
I feel like there, it's not the end of our story or of our journey. Or maybe it is, I'm being dramatic. So this next one, you guys, this next one, I don't know why, like, I guess it's my ego thinking that when I complain about things enough that it will actually cause change in the real world. and People will actually wake up and listen to me. But clearly with the case of drag shows for kids, that's not the case. Cause I've been talking about this for a minute and it's only escalating. Like I made a video in June about this and I included as many like fucked up clips that I could, as many like horrific examples to really get my point across. And those examples now, just from June to now October, look like they weren't even that bad in comparison. So Robbie Starbuck, who I like Robbie, um, he tweeted out recently, Kids in Waco, Texas were treated to a drag show by someone named Harlot Hussey. Harlot Hussey. At an event reportedly sponsored by SpaceX, Hussey spread their legs and stimulated rubbing their genitals for the kids. Elon Musk, please tell us this won't happen again and speak out against this. Yeah, this drag queen is literally on their back, spreading their legs like they're about to get effed in front of these little kids. And look at these, I'm sorry. This is the perfect venue for Ugh, for fat, white, libbed out women with no discernible talent, hobby, or purpose in life, internal purpose. I'm not saying they don't have a purpose. Everyone's purpose, sure. But internal purpose to just feel so great about themselves. Like taking their kid to a drag show. The way that this woman is like, oh my God, blushing for this drag queen fucking grinding on her. Like get a personality if this is if this is what you do and, and you feel good about it. I, I just don't understand. and. And they're never talented, by the way, like these drag queens that go and twerk for kids and like show their crotch to kids on some like pedo vibes. Like they're never even talented. Like I've been to drag shows where the, the talent is like great. Like I've been to drag shows where there's someone 30 feet high, like with fire beneath them on a stripper pole and like go down to a death drop from 30 feet in the air. Like that's the shit I like. And when there's adults around, right? That's when drag is like, cool, this is not cool. I think the fact that it's so defended is what really gets to me. It's like people have these blinders on when it comes to like men in makeup. I don't know what it is that like they can do no wrong. And like maybe it's the mix of making themselves more like feminine in nature that they somehow like people lower their defenses and expect less like rapey male behavior from them. Maybe that's it. I, I don't understand. Eyelashes don't hide the devil, girl. And this shit is the devil. Like you can put on as shitty of a wig as you want. <laughs> and you're dressed like a hooker. It's not like you're dressed like in like a gown or being funny. It's like you're on the floor in voodoo shorts with your legs up in the air and little kids watching. You're a piece of shit. I actually do think drag queens that participate in this are pieces of shit. And can I just say, for anyone who's like super like enamored with like the drag lifestyle or whatever, it's like you clearly haven't met many drag queens. When I was living in LA and, and you know, I would go out in West Hollywood, like the party scene and my friend group, they were all in West Hollywood, right? Like I have met so many queens from like drag race and just queens that are like popping in LA and, you know, at the top of their game or whatever. I'm not trying to be shady because it clearly has nothing to do with gay people. It has to do with a like specific profession, which is drag, right? 
in my experience, like all these even like very famous successful drag queens are all fucking losers in real life in the sense that they're all on drugs. They're all on like six day benders every time you meet them. They're all having like, gross promiscuous sex and I'm not a prude get whatever you want but like there's something about like grinder hookups every night that's probably revealing something about your soul that's not quite there right and all these drag race queens and these are the upper echelon right so this is not just kids are choosing to twerk in front of kids all these drag race queens are on drugs constantly and they're messes and like they're not nice people like you know who's nice from drag race that I met is Adore Delano Adore is cool as shit but also Adore is not even like I don't even see her as a drag queen. I see her as like a more of like a gender bender, like punk rock sort of thing. She's cool. Um, Willem's also cool. Willem has a bad reputation for being rude. Willem's pretty cool. Um, but regardless, even like most of these upper echelon drag queens are like complete messes in real life. So then you have these people being hired. These are the people that can't make it to drag race. They're like twerking for kids. Like get your life together. I, I don't understand. Like. To me, it's just blatant sexuality to like spread your crotch in front of kids. To me, that's blatant. It's not like there's no if, and, or buts about it, but maybe I'm fucking wrong. So the next story, you have done nothing. AOC town hall interrupted by anti-war protesters. So I'm not great with foreign policy and I do not pretend to. Like if you wanna know anything about Ukraine, Russia, what's going on, like refer to Michael Malice. In fact, I might do that when I leave this room, go to Michael's house and refer to him on that. I'm really not good at it, but it's interesting how, we'll, we'll, we'll play the video. Um, let's play the video. None of this matters unless there's a nuclear war, which you voted to send arms and weapons to Ukraine. For Gathers, she's left the Democratic Party because there are fucking war hogs. Okay, you originally voted, you ran as an outsider, yet you've been voting to start this war in Ukraine. You're voting to start a thermonuclear war with Russia and China. You know, I have to say, it's actually quite refreshing to see um, leftists. I don't know if this person is a leftist or not. Honestly, if you're going to an AOC event, you probably are. But I long for the days when Democrats were like anti-war. Like, why is it that Democrats traditionally and historically have been anti-war, anti-Big Pharma, and now it's the exact opposite? That's another one of those things that just fucks with me at night because I'm like, what happened? Because in another world, I, I swear to God, I'd probably be objectively a Democrat. But I, I'm not on board with, with a pro-war movement, a pro-Big Pharma movement. I'm just not. Um, so first of all, it's interesting how there's like six people there. I thought she would draw more of a crowd. Um, and apparently she has no discernible response. The person brought up Tulsi Gabbard. So let's talk about that. I've met Tulsi. Tulsi's cool. I actually did an event with her in June. Um, we did a speaking event in New York and she was nothing but lovely. Like she was a great person. She's a total rock star in person. Like she's one of those people that when she's in the room, it's like there's a reason she was a presidential candidate because when she's in the room, she has this energy of like, that's the focus of the room. And there's no one who's not aware she's in the room. It's like literally a vibe shift when she comes in. It's actually kind of crazy to kind of like be around her and mingle and and whatever. Um, but Tulsi Gabbard's making headlines for leaving the Democratic Party. And it's not as if people didn't see this coming, right? Like I've literally, you know, the fact that she's doing speaking events with people like me, it's like clearly you're not that much of a dem, right? Um, 
So I think people saw it coming. However, it's just very interesting that it really represents what I think a lot of people are feeling, which is like, how have things gotten so off the rails with the Democratic Party? It doesn't feel like home anymore. It doesn't feel like a place where like logic and sanity is valued. You know, she brought up um, anti-white racism that's up by the Democratic Party. And it's true, you know, like, White people are literally the only race that you can make fun of. And I say that, by the way, as someone who was like literally every race, watch my DNA video, um, how they become a, a pro-war movement, for sure. How they've tried to erase biological sex, for sure. Um, how they're the party of big pharma and sucking big pharma's cock, like for sure. So I think a lot of people are super disaffected with it. Um, I really don't know Tulsi's MO though, because I don't really think she's gonna grow some like massive dedicated right-wing following per se, because she really is not great on guns. Um, she is a bit of a gun, a gun grabber, right? Not like full gun gra grabber, like she's not ordering the feds to come take them. Like, you know, Biden is like wedding himself to do, but she is like, she hasn't been great on like gun control policy. So that's a big one for me. I saw someone tweeting and saying, um, calling her, Tulsi um, gun grabbered, some shit like that. And I was like, that's kind of funny. So, you know, she has a way to go before she like really understands the pulse of the Republican party if she wants a future there. But um, I just, I support anyone who's speaking out on the insanity of the, of the Democratic party. So I'm cool with that, you know, shout out to her. And it really was refreshing to be, have someone be like such a very famous sought after like powerful person, just be so cool in real life. So that was that was a plus for me. All right. <laughs> oh my God. Really? This one? Why nobody should be using the thumbs up emoji in 2022 and the 10 symbols only old people use that have Gen Z rolling their eyes. You know what's so crazy is like I am old now. Like I'm 29. I literally feel so old. Sending a thumbs up can be seen as a passive aggressive and even confrontational <laughs> Okay, I have a story about this. I, I forgot, I, I literally have a story about this. So the other day I was with Michael Malice and we were watching um, The Office, the UK version of The Office, which, um, what is his name? Ricky Gervais <laughs> is someone who has been very supportive of me on the internet. Like he, and that's why it's even shadier that I just forgot his fucking name. I'm so sorry, Ricky. Ricky Gervais has been very publicly supportive of me on the internet. He's shared my content before. He's actually tweeted out that I'm a valuable person in the cultural conversation. And so I fuck with Ricky Gervais really hard, despite forgetting his name. Um, and we were watching The Office, me and Michael. And midway through, I was like, oh, you know, this guy actually follows me. Like Ricky Gervais follows me and has tweeted about me. Michael's like, what? Took him back. I'm like, yeah, he follows me and, and tweets about me. So. Michael's like, text him or DM him right now. So I'm like, okay. So I went to DM and I was like, hey, watching The Office, it's a, it's crazy how it still holds up the test of time. Like it's still a funny show despite being really old. Um, and he replied with a thumbs up emoji only. And so, and I took it as very shady. So I'm one of these people that thinks that a thumbs up emoji is kind of shady. Um, <laughs> so it's been like a running joke between Michael and I like, he'll just send me a thumbs up emoji, like mocking, like Ricky Gervais shading me. I don't think he actually shaded me and there's no actual beef. And I think we've DM since then, but I was very offended that Ricky Gervais sent me a thumbs up. So I'm one of these annoying Gen Z motherfuckers that thinks that thumbs up is, you know, 
I'm surprised they don't say that more emojis are racist, but then again, I'm sure they've like canceled a lot of them out. This is a stupid one. I don't really give a fuck what Gen Z thinks. Moving on, former trans teen launches organization to support detransitioners. Now, this is someone I actually follow. Her name's Chloe and she is a fucking rock star. Chloe is one of the leading voices right now in the detransition movement um, and really leading the charge to talk about so many issues, but it's crazy because she's so young. She's only 18, I believe. She started puberty blockers at 13. She was 15 when she had her breast surgically removed. At 16, she detransitioned. So that is an incredibly tragic story, first of all. I did a live stream with her recently. I'm pretty sure you can find it on YouTube where her, me, Buck, Richie, who was on the show, and Shapeshifter um, all had a discussion uh, between transsexuals and detrans people. And, and, and it, was, it was really productive. And she just struck me as so powerful in what she was saying. And I think that she's gonna make an incredible amount of change. Um, she did, she's been doing events with Marjorie Taylor Greene, which of course has people like being shady and sending her hate. And, and you know what, it's maybe if a single left-wing outlet, like even one, even one wanted to give a voice to these kids who are going through this, maybe they wouldn't have to do events with Marjorie Taylor Greene or come on the Blair White Project or, you know, fuck with all these extremists and these super far right people, right? Like maybe if the left gave a shit about the people they claim to give a fuck about five minutes before they detransitioned, they wouldn't have to go to these all these far right publications. But basically what Chloe's doing, um, and I so support this, is she's starting a whole organization, which I think needs to happen because there's nothing like it of the kind called D-Trans United. So this is looking really promising. Um, I'm gonna look and see what they're actually planning on doing with the people who join. I think that might be not, we're a group of former transgender identifying youth and adults who have come together to voice our dissent against gender affirming care, influence policy and provide a network, influence policy and provide a network of support for detransitioners. I think that's great. As far as the network of support, I think that's the main thing. I think the fact that they're so secluded into these like dark corners of the internet where they get so much fucking hate and they're constantly being bombarded is the worst thing. What really struck me when Richie was on was how suicide rates for trans people, I'm sure include a lot of detrans people. Like if you think about it, to get to the point where you're taking your own life after transitioning, it could very well be because transition didn't work out for you or you were botched or you had bad results or you regretted it. And I can only imagine that when you're at that point, you're probably gonna be wanting to just hit the off button. You shouldn't, you never should, you should seek help. And I'm so glad Chloe's providing that help, but you know, it's a thing. So I'm really proud of Chloe, shout out to her. However you guys can go and first of all, follow Chloe, support this organization. Um, I'm backing 100% and I'm saying that right now. So that's all the stories you guys. I am loving doing these solo episodes. Let me know what you think of this format in the comments. Um, I'm more than happy to bring guests in, but as long as you guys are loving the solos, what about a solo and an interview, right? Like true talk show style, maybe like a solo part of the video and an interview part. There may be something to that. So I love you guys. Make sure you guys tune in to the next episode of this podcast. Subscribe to my main channel, follow me on Twitter and Instagram, and I'll see you next time. Bye guys.